of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. It's training camp version of Defending the Kingdom, and we are right in the middle of it, and the throttle is wide open. Hi, everybody. I'm Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, along with the man that we call the shop, the barbershop, the Spider-Man, 10-year National Football League veteran, community leader, great ambassador, uh, Chiefs ambassador, Sean Barber. And Sean, I'm liking those headphones because I'm also liking mine. We need to mention that our Defending the Kingdom podcast brought to you by Bose headphones. These 700s, that's a whole, I don't know if NASA made these or not, but it feels like we're on some space station. These are so good. You and I have been working at home over the last five months, and this is just right, whether it's work or not work. Yeah, work or play, these are the ways, these uh, headphones are the way to go. The noise cancellation is unique. It's exquisite. Um, these are actually the best headphones I've used in the business right now. And when you talk about being able to cancel out all the sad noise, all the distractions, that's something we're going to talk about. So that's a little foreshadowing to where we're going on this Defending the Kingdom podcast. But that's what great minds do. They learn how to uh, tune out all the distractions and let's focus on the business at hand. And that's running it back, going back to back. These Bose 700s, by the way, you got one more week. If you're listening to this, one more week, the 23rd of August, you can get $60 off the original price of these Bose 700s. That feature, as Shop told you, 11 levels of noise cancellation. All right, we get asked a lot of questions. We got people listening to these, these podcasts all around the world. Um, I got a lot of South Dakota folks that are somehow checking in with us. But I got to ask you, Shop, because we get asked a question, you and both of us, can the Chiefs do it again? Can they indeed run it back? Oh, they can talk about it, but can they be the first team since, oh, I don't know, you were playing for the Kansas City Chiefs back in 03 and 04 to do it back-to-back like the New England Patriots, and that becomes the prevailing question for this team every single day. Man, easier said than done. And obviously, if you're a betting man, you're going to bet with history. Odds say most teams cannot run it back-to-back. And that's because things get, you know, the free agency. Everybody wants to pull your team apart. Everybody wants somebody off your coaching staff. And those are the two things in the offseason that the Chiefs have done a great job at, creating a consistent level in the coaching ranks, but also on the field, having 20 of 22 starters being back. And that was even before the COVID um, opt-out period. We had 20 of 22 starters back. And even with a few guys opting out, it still leaves us at 18 of 22 starters prepared week one against those Houston Texans to to come off of a playoff run championship team. So it's very hard to do, but if somebody can do it in the last two decades, I think it's this Kansas City Chiefs team. I'm with you. We're going to get in in a second, but let's just give this historical perspective. Since the salary cap era, which would be 1994 to the current time, only two teams have done it. Denver did it, 97-98 with Mike Shanahan and the aforementioned Patriots in 04 and 05. But as you go back in the 54 Super Bowl year history, uh, only eight teams have done it back-to-back. Only six head coaches have done it. Chuck Knoll did it twice with the Steel Curtain. And it's what's interesting. I want to Before we dive into the Chiefs here a little bit, two coaches are trying to do something that's never been done. And it's John Gruden and it's Mike McCarthy. 
of with the Raiders and the Cowboys, respectively. No coach has ever won a Super Bowl with another team. All these guys that won it were with their teams and won it again with that same team. No, Nobody's ever done it. So the question always was, or the thought I always had, is you don't go get the Super Bowl coach that's won it. You go get the guy that almost won it, which is Andy Reid. Um, but why do you think it's so hard? Nobody's ever in the NFL history has gone to be a Super Bowl champion coach at two different franchises. We talk about the amount of time, sacrifice, everything that goes into – um, building the momentum and the, the the amount of hunger you need as a player and a coach to be able to invest that amount of time in one goal for an entire organization. And sometimes when you do that, um, it, it's, it's almost impossible to think that somebody has enough creative ideas, motivation, um, motivational tools, uh, the coaching and teaching. And then what people don't want to admit, the luck. Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes it's just your year. But to create all of that in two different organizations, it takes almost a lifetime to think that somebody is going to have that kind of chance. And so hopefully uh, we keep Andy Reid off that list because he's already <laughs> won one here in Kansas City. And there's no need for him to ever leave Kansas City and win one with any other organization. But we talked about those other two coaches. Um, can McCarthy do it with the Cowboys and can Gruden do it with the Raiders? I doubt either one of those um, coaches, even though they are both really good coaches, have enough to create that type of championship atmosphere again with a new organization. Again, historically, let's put this in perspective. If the Chiefs pull this off and can win Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, it has not been done since Uncle Rico was throwing stuff at Napoleon Dynamite. Vote for Pedro, shop. Vote for Pedro. <laughs> yeah, and I got my vote. Vote for Pedro. Make sure you vote, but uh, vote for Pedro. And you had an interception against Denver that year on September the 12th, 2004, sack against Houston. Then you hurt your knee in the same game that Priest Holmes hurt his knee in, if I'm not mistaken, at Tampa Bay. Am I wrong? No, that's the, that's right. And we blame it all on T. Rich, right? T. Rich, I think he missed the block that ended up getting um, a Priest hurt, and then he ended up shoving me late that caused my knee to shift, so – um, and, and he thinks I'm the one that dislocated or caused him to have an AC joint displacement. So uh, back in those days, man, we didn't we didn't hold any blows. Everybody was throwing haymakers every play. So uh, you had to become ready knowing that that could be your last play. And for that season, that was my last play. OK, that being said, it just gives everyone in the Chiefs kingdom and the NFL an idea of how long it has been since a team has won back to back Super Bowl championships. Talked with Andy Reid and he's been asked the same question now. Keep in mind, Shop, he's got perspective because he talks about him going back to back. He did it with Mike Holmgren in Green Bay. He didn't win it, but he got close because he won it in 96 with Favre. Then he went back and the and the Cowboys, I'm sorry, the Broncos beat him, the Whirly Bird play by Elway in 97. So Andy Reid's got perspective with this. He has gone those two long climbs up the mountain to get there twice, just hadn't won it back to back. Yeah, and what he'll probably say if he's, um, you know, telling you about his experience in the league, most of those seasons, you don't even know if you are the number one as far as the best team in the league for that entire season. You just know that when the playoffs came around, your team was playing the most efficient and the most productive of any team around in the AFC or NFC. And those are the two teams that end up meeting the Super Bowl. So we always talk about, like, who is the best team? Who are the best three or four teams in the AFC and NFC team. Sometimes there's a season where neither one of those teams 
even makes it to the Super Bowl. So it's all it's all about building momentum and, and being and being playing your best football on all three phases come week 16 and heading into the playoffs. Yeah, the Eagles in recent history to me kind of fit that mode. Um, but let's listen to Andy Reid because he was asked, and, and this Defending the Kingdom, we've entitled it The Edge. How do you keep the edge and try to run it back? Here's Andy Reid. Yeah, well, it's important to be able to do that for sure, the edge, um, to keep, to stay humble and keep working hard, I think are important also. Um, I was lucky enough to be on a team that went to back-to-back Super Bowls. We won the first one, lost the second one. And, um, and then I had a chance to be lucky enough to be on teams that went to quite a few championships and a few in a row. So there's a tremendous amount of urgency that goes into that and attention to detail. The, uh, you hear coaches say this, but it's real if you want to, um, if you, if you want to play at that level. And there are a bunch of different things, obstacles that you have to go through during a season. Um, I think it's no more evident than the one we just had. And so um, you've got to have the right mindset and you literally have to take today and work on it to try to get myself better and, and do it each play and, and then do it tomorrow. And then you keep building that until you have opportunities to play games. And when you get into games, whether you win or lose, um, you've got to make sure that you learn and continue to grow from those, from those games. And, and then on top of that, every once in a while, you need to catch a break here or there. That, that ball's not round. It bounces funny. And, you know, you, gotta, you hope it bounces your way and you get a couple breaks in there. But the attention and the detail becomes a huge thing for you and, and, uh, and be willing to work. So Andy lays it out there. Big Red lays it out there. And you know he burns to win another one uh, again. So there's no complacency with him. And it just – I'm going to take these point by point because if we look back and just dig down into those comments, and the first one was to stay humble. Mm. Now, Shop, we've seen this around the league. A team will win it. A lot of things get in the way. Guys, everybody wants to make money, but you get paid and I don't get paid. Now, all of a sudden, that kind of messes us up. Or I think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now, I got to ask you, when did you have the hardest time being humble in the NFL? Was it your 80-yard pick six at Dallas in 02? Or was it in 03 when you had two sacks and a forced fumble against Oakland in Oakland? Oh, man. Uh, that, 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 that pick six bring back fond memories of when I used to run four or five forties. And I got to admit, even at 45-year-old, I'm, I'm sub four five, so I haven't lost much speed. Um, but that pick six was great. But I think it's that Raiders play, man. Um, that, that game against the Raiders, I think that was one of the hits that actually ended Rich Gannon's career. So I think um, they checked max protection. I was coming hot off, hot off the, the right edge, and the tight end released. He didn't get the check. And uh, Gannon was looking to the left. I, I caught him right under that AC joint, put him into the ground. And I think that was actually the last pass attempted by Rich Gannon in his career. Wow. But you have to stay humble now. So you could you're still four or five, but it's because you're 45 years old. It's not you're running a four or five, right? Okay, good. I guess I want to get that clear because you kind of made that uh, go fast. But the point here is keeping the edge is keeping that humility. I even mentioned at the stage when we closed it at the end of the Super Bowl celebration on February the fifth, as we shut everything down and said, "Hey." we did this. I said, Chiefs Kingdom, stay hungry, stay humble, and let's do this again. 
But in the National Football League, what I've learned, you were around Daryl Green. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the greatest players in this league that lasted the longest were some of the most humble players uh, in this league. How do you do it? Well, you you can't cheat the system. You understand? And we've heard Coach Spagnolia talk about the defense, how we build from the foundation, how we go back to the bread and butter, the, 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 the alignment, the assignment. And he breaks it down every training camp the same way because he wants guys to, to build on something. Each year, you got to look at your personnel and be, be moving toward a, a, a common goal. As an athlete, if you enter training camp and you came off of a Pro Bowl season, an all-pro season, a, a, a championship season, and you think you're going to start in September where you left off in February, you're fooling yourself. Because not only do you have to work on yourself getting better, being able to hone in on your own abilities and skills, shedding blocks better, high-pointing the ball if you're a, a wide receiver, following through, getting the right footwork and follow-through as you're a quarterback. And all of those things are the most tiniest of nuances that lead to being a successful play, play-by-play-by-play, a successful drive, drive-by-drive, and then a successful game, game-by-game. And that leads up to a culmination of a season. If you're not willing to break it down on that level and be your own worst critic to break down your skill levels and understand what you got to become stronger at as far as physically, mentally, and even spiritually when it comes to making it through training camp and getting prepared for this 2020 season, it's a whole new list of opponents. They have a whole nother, uh, um, um, their capabilities, strength and, strengths and weaknesses are totally different than what we faced last year. You have to accept that. And if you can accept that, you'll go about training camp every practice trying to get a little bit better. And I think that's what Andy Reid wants from the team. Everybody's striving to be a little bit better each day. And everybody, I mean, there's a difference here between confidence and well, there's a, you want to be confident on the field. You want to have an air of confidence. But I see a lot of guys that have an insecure confidence. Like I call it the uh, jellyfish syndrome. They're throwing out ink blocks, right? I saw Will Shields earlier today. It was interesting because Will Shields was a guy that was the best right guard ever to play the game. But I could be confident playing this game, mm-hmm. shop, but I have to respect the game. And I think the best players staying humble that what I've noticed and seen and observed are those who respect the game. Yes, they're good, and they may be one of the best at their positions, but they're never bigger or better than the game. Yeah, once you think that you've arrived, that's the one thing. You don't you don't ever uh, equate a championship team with you arriving as an individual player. Every player knows they have strengths and weaknesses, things they can improve on. It's are you willing to address those things? And it can be something, Mitch, as simple as flexibility. Guys that are, are, are injury prone, you have to become more and more flexible every year because as you get older, your muscles become shorter and tighter. So if you're not constantly working on your flexibility to prevent long-term injury, to prevent a sprained ankle, instead of it being a one practice, it keeps you out an entire week. Those are the type of things that I think um, when you talk about staying hungry, attention to detail, all the little things that matter, those are some of the most important things that we have to make sure that our entire fan base, uh, our entire team, all phases are consistently pushing themselves for greatness on and off the field when it comes to flexibility, strength, um, knowing proper alignment assignment. Because effort, those things, I mean, those things are non-negotiable. Hard work and effort are the two things that any coach would say are non-negotiable. Well, that just leads into his second point. You've already kind of touched on this. And a reminder, we're brought to you by Bose on the Defending the Kingdom 
and these Bose 700 headphones that we're wearing that are the stuff. Um, but the the fact that now that the Chiefs, as people uh, hearing this, are in the throes of training camp. Okay, it's COVID training camp. It's different. But six days in a row, five of those in pads, mm. and they got to get ready. There's a sense of urgency that Coach talked about, not just for the season, uh, but you mentioned working hard, the attention to detail. Last year's team faced the challenge of being so close in 18, but they had an unusual attention to detail and focus that lasted from really March and April all the way through the season. And even though they went through a lot, Barbershop, they never lost their focus. For As long as I've been doing stuff like this, I've never seen a team as focused as that team was last year. And now somehow you've got to keep that laser focus in 2020. Man, the first thing I can do is, you see this championship hat? You got Sometimes you got to tip your hat. And you got to tip <laughs> your hat when it comes to the leadership we received on all three phases, right? Um, the Honey Badger did a great job of consistently pushing guys to be great on every play, on every drive, never taking the drive off. And even when bad things happen, being able to wash those things away, clear the chalkboard, and let's get back to playing our style of defense. And offensively, we know that that team has been led, this team has been led by one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, who's at any point can turn four drives into touchdown scores in one quarter. Some coaches and some players, some quarterbacks can't, can't score four touchdowns in an entire game. And Pat Mahomes has done that in the playoffs in one quarter. So if you need some somebody to follow and lead behind, we have two of the greatest bookends when it comes to offensively and defensively. When you want some leadership, you want somebody to be able to um, hit your wagon too that's going to pull you and push you, uh, we have two of the greatest leaders. And, and, and that's what it takes, I think, at this level to, to have a, a level of excellence on the practice field, on the playing field, in the, in the uh, film study room. We already seen it. Um, those two individuals hold everybody accountable at a whole different level. I'm glad you brought that up because to me it's the key point here. Again, this Defending the Kingdom episode, The Edge. How do the Chiefs keep the edge and try to enter history to try to be the ninth team ever to win a back-to-back -back Super Bowl championship? But the guys that you mentioned here deserve some more time because everyone you mentioned there has The Edge. And that's not going to change with Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to sit there and relax going into this season. The honey badger is not going to relax the rest of his life. He's going to coach or do something. He's going to be governor or something. That dude's just on it. And then I'm going to put Andy Reid in here. There is nothing about Andy Reid that makes you think, well, you know, he he won it. He finally shut all those people up that said, oh, time management. He can't win the big one. Hey, he's done it. He'll coast. Huh? That's not the way Big Red's wired. So the leadership elements of this team, even throwing the Frank Clarks, somebody go up to Frank Clark and go, you know what, Frank, I'm complacent right now. I think I'll just, you know, chill. Oh, my gosh, you wouldn't live to see the next 30 seconds. So there's enough of that on the leadership components of this team who are unselfish, who seem to have the edge, starting with the head coach. Yeah, Sac Nation is not built off of contracts. They're not worried about their combined contracts. They're worried about combined sack totals, combined quarterback hurries, combined pressure on the quarterback. When you talk about Sac Nation, Chris Jones and uh, Frank the Tank Clark, those guys are worried about uh, a respect level around the league they're trying to get that puts fear and intimidation in every opponent quarterback that we face. And you talked about Tyron Matthew. Um, he always looks for that little thing, that, that one thing in his game. You go back to the Houston playoff game. I know there was two plays that he know he had picks 
Interceptions in his hand that came through his hands. That is what he remembers from the game. Not all the great plays, the great hits. Um, I'm stopping the guys for third downs. It's the two missed opportunities that continues to burn that desire in him. And then Pat Mahomes. After a great MVP season and then a Super Bowl MVP, he looks at the top 100, and they had him as number four. And he says there was the three more spots left for him to try to get to. So those type of – that's the attitude that those – those uber-athletic, those uber-aggressive, those alpha dog mentality type athletes have, they're always looking for something to have that chip on their shoulder to drive them through that next practice, that next time they're facing that wall so they can punch down and break through that wall. We're uh, uh, looking at the edge. How do the Chiefs have that edge to go into 2020? And finally, it's going to be handling adversity. Coach mentioned the ball's got to bounce right a little bit. In 2019, it seems like the Miami win at New England that was a big one. The Chiefs had nothing to do with that. So Fitzmagic, tip of the cap of that cap you got. I'm still going to have a parade for him someday down Grand Avenue when COVID's over. Um, just for that dude, that big old beard, Santa Claus. Uh, and then uh, the other one would be Tennessee upsetting Baltimore uh, in the playoffs. But this team last year handled adversity. Now, there's no way to predict in 2020 what that adversity is going to be or how the Chiefs will handle it. But you know it's coming. The division's better. You know you're going to have injuries. With COVID, we don't know what's going to happen as far as who, you know, somebody tests positive, not only with, you know, this team or others. But last year, that focus was there, but also the perseverance on this team. They, it's the whole thing of the, the verse. It's the tribulation. If you handle tribulation, leads to perseverance, leads to proven character, and leads to hope. I mean, that's the way this team was built. So handling adversity, every world champion that you've seen, none of it is an easy primrose path to it. No, you said it in the right order. Those those are biblical rules that travel throughout the atmosphere on a on a grand scale when it comes to this Kansas City Chiefs team. But it's something they've built through hard work and dedication to their practice. They go about practice with an amount of detail to, to, to adversity that most teams don't go through. And, and that's one thing Andy and Coach Spags, Coach Tobes, all those guys, Coach Bienemy. They, they, they look forward to a, a wet day of practice, a cold day of practice, a day where um, um, somebody's helmet forgets their helmet, um, um, randomly taking people out of practice for that next man up attitude. All of those things are um, something they look forward to because, you know, if you build that sense of achievement and um, 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 not even blinking an eye, don't bat an eye when opportunity or adversity comes, you look at uh, uh, adversity as a chance to somebody to rise to the occasion and show somebody um, that you're special too. So when we look at the cornerback position, um, Traveris, I mean, he's the guy who's been taking every opportunity given, and now he's gaining some national love. He's gaining some national respect. And we're taking that step by step by step um, in each phase of every game. There's so many risk-reward opportunities, whether you're on the kicking game, do you kick it into the end zone and take the safe route so you don't want to let the team return it? Or do you kick it high because you trust your return team to try to get it inside the 10? Because if you kick it inside the 10, then that forces the other team's offense to go 90 yards to score instead of, 20, instead of 75. Well, then on offense, when you have 35 to 40 seconds left and you have the ball on the 20-yard line, do you put it in Pat Mahomes' hands and say, hey, get us in field goal range, go score? Or do you give it to the running back and go into halftime up 14 and satisfied. 
Those are the risk reward scenarios that I think Andy does a great job every day practicing adversity where he pre-calls it, he pre uh, predestines it into the uh, practice philosophy because when those kind of adversities happen, our team, we're not even shocked. We take it as a, a, a raindrop on a, on a duck's back and it just rolls off and we go about our business at hand. Yeah, that's why those comebacks happen in the playoffs. Just that yes. team was wired up that way. Again, thanks to Bose for uh, sponsoring the Defending the Kingdom. Again, these $760 off the original price through August 23rd. And then you can go to Bose.com uh, forward slash and go from there and figure it out. But all right, here we go. We're trying to make history, or at least do something that had been done in 15 years, 16 years, but only been done eight other times in the history of the league. And that's try to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. But I think you and I agree with all of the things we looked at, all the things Coach mentioned, all the characteristics it seems like you have to have, the Chiefs have it. They've got it to try to run it back. Man, they got it, and they got it in a big way, man. So when you have a chance, so, uh, we talk about the Chiefs' kingdom, support our players. Our players are doing a, a I know, uh, as a league-wide, we're doing a vote initiative, uh, along with the RISE, uh, Ross Institute of Sports. Um, they're doing something. They're pushing everybody to go vote, express your um, um, your attitude, your aggression, your, 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 your intelligence. Express yourself any way you can, but just starts with voting. So I wear this T-shirt proudly. By our own own um, own KC apparel company here in Kansas City, vote vote vote, and then when you have a chance, cheer on your Kansas City City Chiefs as we go back to back as we try to run it back. Let's go, baby! All right, shop, try to make history. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Holtis and Sean Barber, Chiefs Kingdom. It is time to run it back.